Welcome to Conversations with your host, Marion, here on Faith FM 99.9. Come join us as we listen in on conversations with artists, pastors, authors, and people whose lives have been changed by God. And now, here's your host, Marion. Joining me in the studio today is Pastor John Korkadakis of Village Green Community Church here in London. John, thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. Well, in our conversation today, we want to introduce our listeners to Village Green and then we want to get to know you as well. Where is it? Where is it? It's located at the corner of Wonderland Road South in Village Green, almost across the street from Westmount Mall. Oh, perfect. Then yeah. that's easy to find. Good. And now, is it a very large church? Presently, it's about 200 on a Sunday morning. Okay. One service. The ages range? That's the wonderful thing. The age range, the demographic is quite broad. Okay. A lot of young families, a lot okay. of uh, babies being... I think we've had 17 babies oh born in the last year and a busy half. Busy nursery. It's very, very busy. A vibrant seniors group, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful demographic to have. Yeah. Good. And so ministries for all these different ages as well? A lot of different uh, ministries? Yeah, as, mu- as much as possible. We do center in on life groups as okay. being okay. the major expression of, of ministry per se during the week. Okay. Yeah. And that's in people's homes or at That's church? in people's homes nice. uh, primarily, and... And about three-quarters of the church is in life groups, about 150. We have a great response to our life groups. It seems to be a very natural fit for the people there. very good. That's nice. Well, that's all great about all your church, but what I really want to know, Village Green Community, what does it stand for? What are the underlying values, foundational truths, that kind of thing? (laughs) We call it the VG Big Three. Back in, in November 2010, we presented what we consider VG Big Three to be the things that really resonate are life groups, missions is very, very important, and uh, serving. Those three seem to be the lifeblood of the church and and resonate, and they've been characteristic of the church over the 40 years. It's had a very strong missions presence. Community and serving, I treat as the same thing. um, Now, this is more serving within the church, or when you Uh, say community, are you out outside in the community as well? um, Both. Good. Both. Now, you're the pastor of this church. Let's hear your story right from the beginning. Were you raised in a Christian home? Not technically. I was. I grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church. Okay. And of course, growing up in the Greek Orthodox Church, a lot of ritual. We were probably uh, the two major seasons of the year attenders. Yes, Easter know. and Christmas, right? Yeah. And for the Greeks, Easter is our Christmas almost. That's the yes. much bigger yes. event. Yes. So certainly I grew up with Easter being the central focus of the calendar in terms of church and what that meant. Good. So I grew up with that. So you had the basic knowledge, if I can say it that way, and a respect for it. Yeah, I had a respect. Always had a belief that God existed. Okay. But but never really saw the personal relational aspect ah. of it until years later. And your need probably of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, um, do you have siblings, and where were you from? I have a younger brother who was born here. I was born in Athens. Oh, and, okay. And I, I came here when I was a year old. So um, I had the great benefit and privilege of learning English and Greek simultaneously. Oh, very good. So uh, I grew up thinking everybody knew different two languages. So <laughs> yeah, I think was... I did the same. Mine wasn't Greek, though. Oh. <laughs> but how convenient when you're working in church and the Bible was half written in Greek that you know Greek. How handy was that? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny because I reacted growing up in Canada. I reacted to my heritage. You know, I was Canadian. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And to my parents' distress, I, I didn't celebrate 
the Greek side of me. Oh, okay. Uh, until years later, when I ended okay. up in, in college and seminary, and, and suddenly it took on a whole new uh, a whole new excitement for me, especially in terms of uh, learning the New Testament and being able to read it. Isn't and, that yeah. neat? Now, how old were you when you became a Christian? Do you want me to lead? Do you want to lead us up to when and what brought that on? Yeah, I started dating this girl. And, ah, and, you it's know, always trouble. Yeah, it's always <laughs> trouble. Who who had very strong Baptist roots, very strong mm. roots in the church. Okay. Um, it sort of coincided at a time when I was investigating the whole religious spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I had investigated, you know, the Eastern religions, uh, investigated Islam, uh, and sort of read oh, as much okay. as I could about all of those things. Darlene and I started dating. A lot of the conversations and interacting with her family, they were strong yeah. Christians. It came to the point that I came to faith prior to our being married, and the two of us were baptized together, and it was a very exciting and something that I thought was a journey long in coming, but crossed that line, that proverbial line I was going to say, when faith. you say coming to faith, what does that mean? Like, tell me in terms of Jesus and you, what did that well, mean? Well, having that personal relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. that walk where my whole life isn't an expression of the rituals of the church, but it's an expression of my love in following Jesus mm-hmm. and being faithful to his okay. commands and understanding that a life of following Jesus is a life of faith in him okay. and all of life. You know, I grew up in a very secular world, mm-hmm. even though I grew up in the Greek Orthodox right? Church. Yeah. You know, I, I was in rock bands and I sort of had the lifestyle that most people at the time would have thought would have been just a lot of fun for a young guy. But it left me pretty empty, pretty destitute, mm. pretty disillusioned with the world around me, if I could say it in those terms. Yeah. And not that I was a down person or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I always felt that there was so much more to life and so much more to the experiences. And, you know, when Jesus says, you know, I want to give you a life and to give you it more abundantly, that really came to light. You when, discovered when I that? Started, when I discovered that, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's really neat. So there was really a change in your, was there a change in your life or more just in your peace? Both, both. Okay. He's got a smile on his face. I want to hear what's coming <laughs> well, next. As a person who sort of delved in all the enjoyments that the world offers, you know, I remember my first significant sort of faith triumph. I smoked two packs a day mm, okay. when I came to faith, which is really kind of funny. And I remember within two months, I was able to quit without any hesitation. I said, wow. Lord, take this away from me. And, and I did. And in fact, I hid it from Darlene for, I think, the first couple of weeks before she realized I had stopped smoking. Oh. And, and, it was my first experience that this is real and Jesus can change your life. If you Good. Know. What were you doing at that time career-wise? Because obviously now you're a pastor, so you must have been working if you were married around that time. I used to work as a purchasing agent for transport uh, manufacturing firm. We, we okay. built uh, transport trailers. My family was in business. You know, I was taking purchase management courses, business courses mm-hmm. at Western. Okay. I had thought that my career path was pretty determined. I was very happy with what I was doing. Yes. And but, then what happened? And, and, then, and, and, then, and then what happened? One experience that sort of crystallized things, at least for me, and I had a significant event with a Jehovah Witness who showed up at our door. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd been a Christian, um, you know, we're early in our marriage. I'm working, things are going really well. And a Jehovah Witness showed up at the door and started quoting Greek to me out of John 1. Oh, wow, yes. Which really disturbed me because what I was hearing from him wasn't necessarily jiving with the way I, I knew my own language. So oh. um, I was really disturbed by that. But what really bothered me is the very next day he came back and came back with his younger daughter, who was probably about 10 years old. Okay. And his younger daughter started talking to me 
I was insulted by that mm. um, at the time. I was really insulted by that. And I said, you know, I really don't want to talk to you. I don't feel right about this. This mm. is wrong. So from that day forward, I said, I'll never find myself in a compromised situation like that ever again. Oh, very good. That I'm going to learn the scriptures. I'm going okay. to learn as much as I can to be effective when it comes to these things. And that's what I determined to do. I kind of enrolled in a courses. And from there... Um, now, what kind of courses and where were they? I did distance. I did oh, some okay. distance courses. Like from, this is like Bible courses? Yeah, Bible courses okay. from Liberty, Univers- oh, okay, Liberty yeah. mm-hmm. down in, in Virginia. and did, did some undergraduate work down there until I was starting to teach some classes and, and oh, doing wow. small groups. And I kept being encouraged by others that it was something that was very natural for me. Very good would never have imagined Mm -hmm. that that would be a a gifting of mine, but it it appears that that's what has transpired. And so over time, I really felt a tug to learn more, and I entered into a master's program at Heritage College and Seminary. The last year it was here in London, and then subsequently uh, moved with uh, Heritage when they went to Cambridge and graduated from there with my Master's of Divinity. On the day of my graduation, sort of in my cap and gown, I got asked in to the dean at that time and was asked if I was open to coming back in the fall and teaching. That was one of those defining moments no kidding. Um, for me. And, and did I've you, been there ever since. And did you feel a call into ministry as you started taking these courses, or was it just sort of a gradual growth? Like you said, you found people were encouraging the gift and so on, or did you really sense that God was saying, John, get into pastoring? No. It just kind of grew. It, it just... Yeah, okay. it just kind of grew. I thought I was going to get into the academic side oh, yeah, of it okay. because being, you know, I ended up being proficient in the languages. Right, um, right. But uh, you're pastor at Village Green Baptist. Pastor at Village Green, so, and we, we planted a church before this. Yeah, you know, the joke is I, I entered ministry kind of kicking and screaming. So, uh, um, but that's but that's, that's a that's joke. a big shift, and I'm hearing that different places that when you when when God calls you, you do what He says, but it's not always what you're thinking you want right then, and you give up a lot. There's a lot of sacrifice in the Christian life, isn't there? Yeah, there is, and we were doing really well. Um, our family was doing well, and I was doing well in industry. I could have very easily still have been there, right. uh, with all the benefits right. and everything that that, that lifestyle gave. And yet doors, you know, the proverbial doors continued to close um, Ah. and other things started to open up and other opportunities started to open up. Even looking back at it now, it's hard not to recognize just how much God was actively involved in in bringing us to where he wanted us to be. Were there any events either growing up or maybe since marriage or whenever along the line that really shaped who you are today? Is there anything that stands out that when that happened, boy, that changed my life? There are just so many things, even with my own family. You know, we returned to Greece, and I had a really significant summer. When I was 9 or 10 years old, my family returned to Athens for mm-hmm. almost the bulk of the year. Okay. Um, and, and my grandmother at that time was the caretaker of the church, of the Greek Orthodox Church right. down the road. So, you know, we were the Canadian kids, and we came back and being, you know, sort of immersed in that culture. Mm-hmm. And, and we returned around Easter time. It was really a, a big celebration. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget my grandfather saying to me um, and my brother and my younger brother and saying, you know, we're going to go out and get ready for Easter and go to uh, get all the, the food, etc. Being a young Canadian kid and, and not experience what that meant at the time in, in Athens, we walked around to these, this farmer market and it was really kind of cool to pick everything from there. But then he said, now it's kind of time to get the meat. And we ended up in this pen, this farmer's oh. pen. Oh, my. With uh, sheep and goats running around. And it's the literal story where my grandfather said to my brother and I, which one do you like? Oh, my. And I'll never forget the guy, the farmer who was there, 
responding to my grandfather and him, him, my grandfather saying, we want that one. And the guy literally dragging it over and slitting its throat right in oh. front of us. It was just a... <laughs> oh, my. So when you teach about the Passover, you know of what you speak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, my. And, and years later when, you know, of course, the whole picture of Jesus is a perfect sacrifice, yeah. all of that, that really came into my mind in, in, a, in a really powerful way. Yeah. So, so remember that experience, especially as kind of being a great illustration of the truth that I would come to you exactly. know, assume internally. Wow. Isn't that neat? Many years later, yeah. That is really neat. Would you say, now you're a pastor, but even just as a person, what is your mandate in life? My mandate in yeah. life? I think one of the things that has driven me, especially the last 10 or so years, is just a desire to get the Word of God into the hearts of people Very in good. one way or another. Yeah. I'm truly grieved at just how irrelevant the Bible seems to so many people mm. today. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person, even from a literature standpoint, it should be taught in every school because mm. it's such a powerful piece of literature. But beyond that, just the spiritual value that the scriptures have, it's an incredible piece of work to think over thousands of years, over 40 authors, to write this consistent, a book of continuity and of the redemptive history of God acting with human agency. It's an amazing story. And to think that it's relegated to the dustbins mm. of most people's lives is really quite tragic. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Bible brings me right to my next question. Oh. What's your favorite verse in the Bible? My favorite verse has always been Philippians 1.6. Which is? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work mm. in you will bring it to completion until the time of Christ Jesus. You know, we live in an age where we're told we can't be certain of very many things. Mm -hmm. And yet in that passage, you know, Apostle Paul says the things that we can be certain of is that God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion. Mm -hmm. That all of your life is a work of his mm -hmm. if you allow him to shape it. Mm -hmm. That's been powerful because being a person who at one time thought was going in one direction and, and found it going mm -hmm. totally the other direction and then and then kind of fighting that in the beginning yeah. and then suddenly releasing it to that. It's been really interesting to watch how God has blessed our lives. Yeah, sounds because, like a real life verse. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who's your favorite character in the Bible? <laughs> I love John, the Apostle John. I just love the simplicity of his writing mm -hmm. and yet how profound he can demonstrate truth mm -hmm. by such simple language. Most look at to the Apostle Paul for how powerful he can craft the Christian message. And yet I think John equally does that, but in a whole different and very basic. I'm a very reductionistic type of okay. person because what's the basic truth here? And to think of even a passage like John 3.16, mm -hmm. what it teaches in such a simplistic way, but it's so profound for yes. all of life. Yes. That's what I appreciate about John. Good, good. Yeah. Now, if you could meet anyone, either alive today or from past history, do you have any idea? Who would you like oh, to meet and have a good chat with? That has got to be the hardest question. If you think of the biblical realm, there's all kinds of characters. Just somebody that fascinates you that you'd like to get in their brain. Oh, that's really hard. You know, or, or church history, you know, to yeah. Martin Luther. Right. To be able to be with Moses at, after a mountaintop experience. Yeah. How yeah. amazing. Even to be with Jesus when he was a child. Oh, yeah. I think that's a void in Scripture. I would love yes. to, uh, you know, I wish Luke had written more about. Now that you say that, oh, it, to just see what he's like at 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. 15 or. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, anyway, you'd be, I, I, I. You'd I, be I, in good company. That's great. You've got lots of good names I, there. Yeah. Good. Now, um, I think I 
prepped you on this question because I'm on radio now and I'm new. And so I've made lots of funny little errors. And I was just curious if you have any funny stories that have happened to you or any mistakes that you've made as a pastor. Oh, Any all... that you would care to share with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very humbling position for sure, and we make mistakes all the time. A few years ago, I think it was a, an anniversary celebration or a previous church, an ordination. I can't remember what it was, but my mom, who normally doesn't come to, because she still goes to the Greek Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. showed up at church. Oh, okay. And, and you didn't there. know she was coming? Well, I, I knew she was coming. I knew she was, okay. but she was kind of in the background. And at the end of the service, I had all these people coming up to me and saying, hey, We've seen our pastor naked, and I'm going, oh no, what's, what's you know? And, and it was a big no. joke, and everybody's laughing. My mother had brought all these pictures of me as a baby. Oh no! On on this day that we were all celebrating this this event, and it was oh, really my embarrassing. Goodness. And but that's my mom, right? <laughs> and for some reason, she thought you know my son's celebrating whatever this milestone or event was. <laughs> And she had to bring me down a few pegs, so everybody got a big chuckle out of that. Oh, my. Well, you're showing some humility by even sharing that story. Well, is there anything else that we've missed that you would like our listeners to know? We've hit all the high points. Hit all the high points, yeah. I know what I wanted to ask you was Village Green Community Church. Now it's down on Wonderland South. What are the service times? So if people uh, want to 10.30 come to on Sunday mornings. 10.30? Okay. Yeah. And then you have small groups if they want to hook in, they if can they call want, them. Want the to, yeah, if they go to okay. our website, they can see uh, the number of small groups that are available okay, and good. get connected in that way. Good. And why don't you give the website? It's www.vgchurch.org. VillageGreenVGChurch.org. Yeah. What is your favorite song that you'd like for us to play for you? There's a lot of music that I like, but I think one song that stands out for my wife Darlene and I is Don Moen's God Will Make a Way. Because I think there's many times where we feel like we want to control our circumstances, control our situation. We are reminded constantly that God is really in control and that God will find a way and God will make a better way than we could have for ourselves. And it's trusting Him and being faithful to Him. As the song says, He'll lead us by the ways that He wants to. God will make a Where there seems to be no way He works in ways we cannot see He will make a way for me He will be my guide Hold me closely to His side With love and strength for each new day He will make a way Something new 
Bible teaching programs aired each weekday morning is In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley at 10 o'clock a.m. The head of the Canadian Office of In Touch Ministries is Winston Roberts. He came by our studio to talk with Scott about his work with In Touch. Here are Scott and Winston. We're talking with Winston Roberts, the director of In Touch Ministries Canada. Welcome to the show, Winston. Thanks so much, uh, Scott, and uh, thank you for having us on your station now for, I believe, eight years. It's our pleasure, and it's been an icon on our station. Very much appreciated. That's great. Tell us a little bit about InTouch Ministries and what the purpose is of the ministry. InTouch Ministries is is a broadcast out of Atlanta, Georgia. It's the uh, broadcast of Dr. Stanley. He's the senior pastor at First mm-hmm. Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, it's broadcast basically all over the world. It's now on over 2,000 outlets across the world. And uh, in Canada, we're on uh, 115 radio stations and 15 uh, television outlets. It's basically the spread of the gospel. It's Bible teaching. It's uh, distribution of materials all related to our walk with God and a closer walk with, with the Lord. Basically, our purpose, it was probably summed up in our, in our mission statement, which is leading people worldwide into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and assisting the local church to grow. I know that you say there are all those stations in Canada. It's really well saturated here in my area of Canada. I know that I can watch him on television and I can hear him in the car while I'm driving to work. So I get lots of Dr. Charles Stanley and his ministry is, it's very straightforward. It's a simple message and yet it goes so deep, and so I truly appreciate it. So what would be the biggest need of InTouch Ministries? 
I think the biggest need would be what is probably the biggest need for most ministries, and that's prayer. Nothing happens in the Lord's realm without uh, somebody has prayed about it. And we just extend that invitation to people to pray for the ministry. Pray for the messages that goes out over the airways. Pray for Dr. Stanley as he delivers it. Pray for the people that hear it. There's so many that will just turn it on by accident, so to speak, and hear Dr. Stanley say, now listen, and then you know there's a, there's a very important spiritual principle that he's going to deliver. So the, the biggest need is prayer. And like any other ministry, of course, though, I'm sure that you probably could use some funds, some donations, help in that direction as well. Absolutely. That certainly um, almost goes without saying, but we do go without saying on the <laughs> broadcast. We do not uh, solicit funds. That's a principle of Dr. Stanley, that uh, we don't use the airtime to ask people for money. We believe that the need is out there, and the Lord will lay it on the hearts of people to give as they feel led by the Lord. All donations that are received in Canada stay in Canada for broadcasting and distribution of materials in Canada. I truly appreciate that. It's what an act of faith, though, right, to not ask for money. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord, and I just think you're doing a good job, so keep up the good work. Speaking of that, what excites you about this work? I think uh, there's many things that does excite me about this work, but I think uh, if I was to sum it up into one thing, it's people. It's people being touched by the Lord and how as they are obedient and they commit their needs and themselves to the Lord, how lives are changed. And we hear those testimonies every day. Our lines are ringing with stories, with testimonies, with requests for prayer, and it's a great joy to talk to people well, and I interact bet it with is. people. Yes. Talk about encouraging. Yes. That kind of in touch with the community. Mm-hmm. Wow, that makes you want to get up and do it another day. Exactly. And yep. what other ways do you have of reaching out? I see you have this In Touch magazine. Yes. How can people get that? The In Touch magazine is it goes out monthly and it goes out to about uh, thirty thousand homes across Canada. It's a very compact magazine. It covers. It'll take a certain theme. Like for example, in June, it talks about success, the narrow path of God. People can get the magazine by simply calling our office at one eight hundred three two three three seven four seven or going online at intouch.org, and you can get the magazine that way. So apart from the articles that follow a certain theme, there is a daily devotional that Mm. also follows that same theme. I'll say that number again at the end here and uh, give the address as well. I see that you also have something called InTouch Messenger. Can you uh, give us a little bit of information on that? Yeah, that's an exciting little device. It was originally designed for the U.S. military. It's a very small unit that can be held in your hand. It has 36 messages by Dr. Stanley, starting with the way to heaven and going through a deeper life and many of the issues and, and the things that we will encounter as a Christian. It is solar-powered, so it can be uh, taken almost anywhere so long as there's light. Even artificial light will keep the power going in it. It's exciting because they become a little missionary, these little tools. Right here in western Ontario, there are migrant workers that come up from Mexico. And there's local churches, in, in actually not too far from London, 
who have taken it on themselves to be ambassadors for Christ to those migrant workers by inviting them out to barbecues and that kind of thing, and then involving them in an alpha program, possibly in their own language, it's Spanish often. And as these people come to the Lord and show a greater interest in maybe becoming a Christian, they're provided through us with an in-touch messenger, and they can take this little tool out in the field with them, little earplug, and they can listen to Dr. Stanley in their own language. In their own language. Yes. And the really neat part about this is in the fall when they go back to Mexico or Honduras or wherever they come from, they take this with them and minister to their local family and friends. Incredible. And uh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard of anything like that before. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal tool. And it's used in so many, that I've just given you one example, but there's so many areas where it's used. Generally, where we cannot go with the message through radio and television, for example, street people, First Nations groups, we've now got them into prisons. So it's an exciting little tool that works for the Lord, and we're just so happy about that. That's a very creative idea. Mm -hmm. Again, I say I've never Mm -hmm. heard of that before, and I love it already. Winston, I want to give you one more opportunity to tell everybody how to get in touch with In Touch Ministries. You can call us at 1-800-323-3747, or you can write to us at In Touch Ministries, Markham, Ontario, 150 Riviera Drive, and the postal code is L3R5M1. That's 150 Riviera Drive in Markham, L3R5M1. Or you can go on the website, www.intouch.org, and see what the Lord is doing through In Touch Ministries. Incredible. Well, this has been a wonderful opportunity to speak with you. And thank you, Winston Roberts, the director of In Touch Ministries Canada. Thank you so much, Scott. You've been listening to Conversations with your host, Marion, heard every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. only on Faith FM 99.9. Send questions, comments, or suggestions for future guests to Marion S. at faithfm.org. That's M-A-R-I-O-N-S at faithfm.org.